Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. Thanks for joining us this weekend on the Art of Money with Art McPherson. Luke McCarty is here as well, artofmoneyradio.com. And speaking of, we hit the streets to talk to some of our radio listeners here and ask you guys, what are y'all thankful for this year? It's been a challenging year for this country, and I'm just thankful for all the servicemen and firemen, policemen, and all their services for all of us so we can feel safe. During the holidays, you get to spend time outside of work. You get to relax, take some time off, recharge your batteries, and spend time with the ones that are the closest to you. I'm thankful for family and friends. Definitely for my family, my kids, my beautiful wife. As we are into the holiday season, Loom Cardi, R. McPherson, I'm going to ask you guys, what are you thankful for this year? Well, I would say at the work, I'm thankful for our team. We have a, a great team and we've brought in our CPA now, Mark Bernard, and he's done a great job. He was part of our seminar last weekend that Luke and him and Patrick did together. And I was out of town gallivanting, doing some work stuff in Phoenix. So while I was in Phoenix, the guys here were taking care of things at the office here in Florida. So we had a great event and we were trying to get people educated on you know what they could do at the end of the year for taxes, things like that. So uh, uh, having a CPA that is a part of our team now uh, is a big deal. So he did a, a really good job during our seminar and having him be a part of it was really helpful. And uh, Luke was said he did a great job. So Luke McCarty, talk to me. What are you thankful for this weekend? I know, uh, you know, you're very proud of your family. You're proud of your cooking. You're proud of the things that are happening in the McPherson Financial Group, including that great seminar last week. Yeah. So this year we call it the year of Graham, my second son. So he's six months old now. So thankful for him. Of course, my wife, my oldest son, Jack, you know, thankful for McPherson Financial Group as well. Um, you know, I moved here from Kansas City. I have, you know, my family's here, my life's here, career's here, and I'm going into my third year. Yes, you are. All right. You've kept me around for three years. And, and you're thankful for me this week because I, I substituted for you so you could be home and not get yelled at with your two little ones. I am thankful. There was, a, there was an evening appointment where I was like, my wife is going to kill me if I do a late appointment evening. the day before. Yeah, the day before Thanksgiving and getting ready for Thanksgiving. So Art took over. So thankful for that. But, you know, we had a, we had a great event a couple of weeks ago at River Rocks mm-hmm. um, where we offered the attendees a Roth conversion analysis and if it makes sense to do a Roth conversion in 2021 because you have to get it done by the end of the year. So we're getting, you know, that's a calendar thing. You can't wait till April of next year for next tax season. It's got to be done within this calendar year. Okay. Well, since you brought it up, explain that a little bit deeper to me, Luke. So we had the seminar where we talked about taxes Mm -hmm. and one of our kind of give backs from the seminar is, you know, see if it makes sense for you to do a Roth conversion. And we're getting a lot of questions from, well, I'm retiring next year. My wife or my spouse is retiring next year. So maybe we should wait. Well, not if the government's taking it away, maybe you shouldn't wait. So we need to look at, you know, depending what tax bracket you're in currently, right? You may be in the 22% tax bracket today. And then when your spouse retires next year and you need retirement income, you're still in the 22%. Well, then you definitely should do a Roth conversion today Get as many in as you can before taxes go up or before your ability to do that is gone. Right. So what we're doing, Mark, for a lot of our clients here at McPherson Financial Group is having them come in now, uh, evaluating whether or not we need to do a uh, Roth conversion this year and then also follow up in January. So we can kind of get this done before any tax changes happen, because they have already said many, many times in the news and media that when they do these changes, they're going to make them retroactive. But if we've already done these conversions under the old law, then those will still apply. But you wouldn't be able to do them after the fact. 772-281-5223 to reach out to the team at the McPherson 
Wilson Financial Group to see what you need to take care of before the end of the year because there are some things on that end of year checklist that need to be done by December the 31st. And Luke, to go back to the great event you had last week, uh, what, what's on the mind of the community? What are people talking about? What they what they question you about? We had several comments of, you know, where were you guys 10 years ago? How, <laughs> how come nobody's told me this? Um, my advisors never mentioned this to me before, you know, and not all advisors talk about the tax side of the portfolio, right? It's always a lot about growth or preservation of principle, but you know, we do that too, but we think we can make a big difference when it comes to tax planning. That's why we hired Mark, the CPA, to have our back on the things we're doing. And now he's doing some Roth conversion analysis and everybody who comes in from that event or from the radio show, from you guys listening, right? You'll get to sit down with one of us, you know, Art or myself, and then we'll have Mark, the CPA, run the numbers for you. Art McPherson, you talked about the Roth conversion needs to be done before December the 31st. Is there anything else on that end of year checklist that we need to take care of right now? Well, it's a good time to look and see if you have room in your catch-up provision. So if you've been trying to be serious and put as much money as you legally can deduct in your 401k, now's a good time to use that catch-up provision. You can do an extra $7,000 this year using the catch-up provision in your 401k. Of course, it has to be affordable, but you may have thought you ran out of room because you hit your $19,000 limit for the year. That's not true. You could do an extra $7,000 this year. So that gives you the ability to put $26,000 either pre-tax or after tax, but a lot of times, unless you're young, um, pre-tax is a good way to do it because then you get a full deduction. That's a full legal deduction. You can take $26,000 of taxable income and defer it. So, and it's a way to have that as a write-off on your uh, annual return. And today, you know, other than your standard deduction for W-2 income, that's about the only other thing you can do. So it's a great way to look at uh, some tax savings for the end of the year. 772-281-5223 to reach out to the team at the McPherson Financial Group. And our McPherson, Luke McCarty, the federal officials say that U.S. birth rates have been dropping. I want you to hear this clip from Hans Peter Kohler from the University of Pennsylvania. He believes that much of it is due to couples delaying having kids. He says it's a really is a bigger deal than a lot of people realize. They obviously big challenges for any programs that transfer money or resources from the working age population to the adult population. Social Security, health insurance, Medicare are all major you know, concerns that need to be adjusted for that. Big implications for the housing market, presumably different as the demand for different housing if the population age structure changes. All right. So on this Thanksgiving weekend, let's talk about we've been around the families. How does having kids late in life or not having kids at all? How does that impact pensions, Social Securities or just overall retirement plans. Kids are expensive. I mean, when you were talking about having multiple children, um, you look at Luke, he's like, I'm done now. But they've talked about having four before, you know. It changes weekly, but yes. <laughs> and I mean, you know, when, when my kids finally got old enough and they got married and they actually were no longer needing the bank of dad help, you know, um, it is amazing how much money you can start saving. So they are just so expensive. Kids are very expensive. And the older they they get the bigger their problems are because you've got to buy them things like cars or life-size trains you know things like that <laughs> ah, there it is but um <laughs> but basically having the college prep you know just i mean putting a kid even if you have been very prepared and you've set money aside for college you have things like housing expenses food expenses books and a lot of those things that are not necessarily covered by those programs. And it's just kids are expensive. I mean, they just really are. So having a child later in life pushes that money more towards retirement time. So now you're having a plan for college as you're getting out 
of the workforce. So mm-hmm. it makes it a little more difficult to plan that way. Um, if you've decided to start having kids in your 30s instead of having kids in your early 20s, they can it can delay that. Those are some of the things that Luke is worried about too. <laughs> <laughs> we're worried about them. We had we had kids in our 30s. Um, we're still in our 30s, but um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, people are delaying having kids now because I mean, look at the housing market, right? Can you do you think you can afford you know the three or four bedroom house if you just got out of school, just got out of college, or just got out of high school with a new job? Nope. You know, so people are delaying having kids until they are more established in their career. So this is a trend that we're seeing. What that means is there's just a lower birth rate overall. So when you start thinking about Social Security. When Social Security first started in the you know 50s and 60s, right, there was almost 30 people working till one person retired. Well, now it's like three or four people working to everybody on Social Security because people are living longer. That's why Social Security is set to run out of money uh, probably in the next five to seven years. I forget the stat, but that's it's impacting Social Security, mm-hmm. uh, your public pensions, right? It's just the baby boomer generation is just they're living longer and they're on these payment plans for a lot longer that I think they're going to drastically change over the course of my lifetime, of course, my kid's lifetime. Unfortunately, you know, the government and the programs that they designed, because they didn't set any money aside and put it in trust, which is what they should have done, they took that money and started using it as a part of the normal budget. And because they did that, that money is not sitting on the sidelines, accumulating interest and growing where we would have more and more money to pull from. It was just used in the general fund. So that's why Social Security is a problem. So the only solution up to this point has been, well, instead of being full retirement at 65, it's now 67. Well, instead of it being 67, it's now 70 or 72 or 75. That's that's generally their solution to the problem. It's not really solving the problem. It's kind of just changing the benefit payout range and how long they can pull the money from a taxable standpoint and then giving us less and less of a percentage. So by the time Luke gets out there, his full retirement age may be 80. (laughs) paper, not not real life. I hope not. So if you do have kids late in life and you're starting to put a like retirement plan together plus a college fund, are they one and the same or they would that be two separate portfolios? It'd be two separate portfolios. But, you know, if you have somebody helping like we would do, you know, for our clients, they'd be separate, but they'd be intermingled, intertwined to where, you know, you could do both. Right. If you go if you go too much one way, if you save all your money for retirement, well, then your kids may not have a college fund. Well, yeah. if you save all your money towards kids' college fund and they don't go to college, well, then you should have done it the other way. So there's a happy medium that we work with that just leaves more options open because you just don't know what your kids are going to need the money for, if they need it, what they need it for. You obviously need to plan for your own retirement as well. And I think we're seeing it again a little bit under Donald Trump. We had kind of gone through that 20-year time frame where every child was encouraged to go to college, which is true. You know, I mean, college is really good. The higher level education is very important. Mm-hmm. However, there's some people that are just really excited about running a forklift and a big equipment. I mean, my nephew, he loves big equipment, working on big jobs and he a D1 tractor. Man, he's like, yeehaw. So yeah. why do you think he wants to help me do the life size train you know that's the whole deal let's talk there's about some, that for there's... a second the lifetime train luke have you life heard size not lifetime life, life, life size train. luke have you heard our, the other idea Art McPherson, explain to Luke what we're going to build in your backyard. A life-size train. So, like, the locomotive's, like, 10 foot long. Like, each little car's, like, 8 to 10 feet long, and you can sit in them and just, like, book around the track. I mean, how how much would your kids love that? My kids would love that, but, Art, are you, is there something you need to tell us? Are you about to be a grandpa or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know.
know of. A, tra- a train set in your backyard? <laughs> no, it's because I couldn't have them in the inside. Julie oh. did not let it. I guess she was worried the dogs breaking them and all that stuff. But I'm like, it doesn't matter if they knock them over, they knock them over. I mean, shoot, you got to vacuum up the hair anyways. So <laughs> let's just let's build it at the office. Oh, trains going even around. better. Oh, you can have trains in the office because Julie won't let you have them at home. <laughs> But see, here's the problem. I'm not talking the little train. I mean the big life-size one that you see Heck at the yeah. mall. Yeah, where you get on, everybody has their yeah, own little exactly. car. Oh, exactly. Like that the mall kind of, or, yeah. or the zoo. Yeah, where you have yeah. the, the full-size but small. I mean, it's That's not full-size. but Yeah, not. of course you're not going to have. I, I didn't know where you guys were going. A thousand, twelve hundred horsepower <laughs> full-size train. It would not fit in my backyard. I don't think we could make the turn. I don't know if it's going to be a coal-powered train going on in Art's backyard. <laughs> yes, Art, yes. Build a train track in your backyard. We're in. I'll be there. See, I'm telling you, all the neighborhood would come over. You build it, they will come. Right, if you build it, my kids and I will be there. 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Old man McPherson firing up the train again, I tell you what. Old man McPherson. (laughs) (laughs) This little train hat. Little goggles. (laughs) 772-281-5223 to reach out to the team at the McPherson Financial Group. Whether it's late in life kids and you're thinking about college or building a life-size train, they can put a plan together for either one. And there was a new report from Credit Suisse Investment Bank that estimates nearly one of every 10 American adults is now a millionaire. So I got to assume once you hit that milestone, you're going to think, okay, now what? So Luke, Art, how do we make sure we're still a millionaire or more by the time we hit retirement with taxes and inflation and everybody coming after our money. This stat, when you say it out loud, right, one in 10 mm-hmm. of every American adult is now a millionaire. That seems pretty crazy to think about. But a million dollars isn't what it used to be. So when you look out to retirement, depending how long you need to get there, right, you may need two million to feel like the million it did 10 years ago. So that's kind of what we're looking at here from an inflation side of things. Um, I saw a stat and it said the 40% of the U.S. money supply in circulation was printed in the last two years. It's not necessarily that you're a millionaire and your house went up by 30, 40%. It's that the value of the dollar is going down, so you need more of them. But one in 10 being millionaires, I mean, that, that's a great stat. That's that's a you know, great country to live in. It is a great stat, except for the fact that a million dollars doesn't do what it used to do. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it used to be, you know, in the 70s, if you were a millionaire in the 1970, you could live off of that million dollars and have $50,000 of a retirement income when the average income at the time in, in the 70s was like $5,000 a year. So you were making 10 times the average income. Nowadays, you need about 10 times times that million dollar amount, you need more like 3 million, 4 million, maybe as much as 10 million to feel like it did back in the 70s. So Luke's 100% right. We've lost the buying power of our money because our bank is based on a fiat system and the fiat system, if you look at it, builds about a 3% inflation rate. So over a 10 year period, you're going to lose 30% of your purchasing power. So the money needs to grow. And right now with the way Biden inflation is going on, mm-hmm. inflation is averaging much more like six or 7%. So inflation is becoming a more real factor. So you want to make sure that even your safe money that you're putting in places where you're trying to protect it is not just getting you a half a percent or a quarter of a percent because you are losing big time now with inflation at 7% so or 5%. So you want to make sure that you're, you're getting uh, some interest on that money. It doesn't have to be in something that's crazy and aggressive, but that's what we basically are doing is making sure our clients at McPherson Financial Group have their money protected, even that safe kind of haven money so they're still making enough interest to offset the inflation rates. 
Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 Today's show has been a work of art. 